Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to transform their businesses into unstoppable empires. I'm Elise, CPA turned serial entrepreneur. And I'm Arielle, a seasoned physical therapist and business owner. We're two female entrepreneurs with a passion for helping small business owners like you achieve massive success. With our combined expertise, we've scaled to an impressive seven businesses in less than seven years. And guess what? Each of them was profitable right from the start. But we didn't stop there. We're here to share our secrets, strategies, and insider tips to help you turn your business into a thriving reality. And hey, we're not just all about business. As a physical therapist and fitness instructor, we'll also sprinkle in some fitness and wellness tips along the way. Join us on the Business Muscle Podcast every Monday as we guide you step-by-step towards financial freedom and building the business of your dreams. It's time to level up your business. Get ready to flex your business muscle. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. Ariel here. Today I'm doing a solo episode because today we are talking about things that you need to start doing for your lower back health today. So today is another Wellness Wednesday episode, and I just wanted to chat about lower back health because I see clients coming into the clinic all the time with lower back issues that are chronic, that are recurring, and they can't figure out what the root of the problem is. So today we're going to talk about four key steps to improve your lower back health. Our lower back is crucial to performing all of our daily movements, such as picking up your kids, grabbing your backpack, getting in and out of bed, but it's such a common source of discomfort and pain. So today we're going to talk about all the sneaky causes of lower back pain, there's going to be things in here that you didn't even realize might be contributing to your back pain and the actionable steps that you can start taking today in order to stop worrying about your lower back and get back to the things that you love to do. So whether you're someone who has experienced lower back pain, who currently has lower back pain right in this moment, or you know someone who's been through lower back pain and you're just looking for prevention, we're going to cover all of that today. So I just wanted to start with some statistics because I think this was pretty eye-opening as far as the number of U.S. citizens who are dealing with lower back pain. So according to the National Center for Health Statistics, 39% of adults in the U.S. experience lower back pain. And this number just continues to increase with age. So for those age 18 to 29, it's around 28%, which is still pretty high for the younger population. From age 30 to 44, it goes up to 35%. From age 45 to 64, it goes up to 44%, and then it goes all the way up to 45% for those age 65 and older. So I thought that this was super eye-opening because if you are someone who has ever experienced lower back pain in the past, you are more susceptible to experiencing lower back pain in the future, and the structures around your lower back continue to change and continue to degenerate as we age. So it's really important to start thinking about our health now and thinking about some of the strategies that we can use not only to treat pain, but also for prevention. Because our goal in this podcast and our goal at FIX is always longevity. We want to be working on things that not only are going to get you better today, but things that are going to keep you healthy for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now and moving and doing the things that you love to do. So before we get into our tips, I just think it's important to talk about some of the science around lower back pain because there's a number of different causes. We're going to get into the science a little bit. You guys know I could geek out over this all day, but I think there are a few important takeaways to understand because if you can understand where your lower back pain is coming from, it can help you choosing a treatment and choosing the things that you need to do in order to keep your lower back healthy because there's lots of different causes for lower back pain. So if you're someone who has a certain type of lower back pain and you're not treating the underlying root cause, 
cause, the things that you're doing could potentially be making the symptoms worse. So we want to make sure that we're focusing on things that are actually addressing the underlying root cause of your lower back pain and making sure that we're doing the correct treatments and interventions. So there's a few different things that can cause lower back pain. One is muscle strains or ligament strains. This can be caused by repetitive motions or by poor posture over time. If you have lower back pain that's one-sided, sometimes this can feel like a muscle strain. Then we have lower back pain that's caused by an issue with the disc. So if you've heard of a herniated or a bulging disc, essentially what that means is between each vertebrae, there's a disc. It acts as a cushion. And that cushion withholds lots of contents in the middle of it. So when you have a disc that is herniated or bulging, that just means that the soft inner material of the disc is starting to protrude and either is compressing towards the outer layer or potentially has expulsed through the layer. And that can be putting pressure on nearby nerves and cause pain down into your leg. If you've ever, if you've ever experienced sciatica or nerve pain that goes down into your glute, down into your hamstring, past your knee, that potentially could be coming from the disc. There's also something called degenerative disc disease. All this means is that as we get older, those discs that are supposed to be providing the cushion in between our lumbar vertebrae, in between the levels of our spine, start to lose their cushion. And that just happens naturally, no matter what, as we age. So it's important to understand how to move well, how to treat your lower back, because as we age, some of these things, we can't stop them from happening. Then we have something called arthritis. I'm sure this is a familiar term to you. This is essentially that same degenerative change that happens naturally, but this is happening in either the bone or the joint. So if you have lower back arthritis, it means that there's changes in the bone. And if that's occurring, then we want to work on getting support from the surrounding muscles, ligaments, and joints to support the bones in a stronger way since they aren't able to support the spine the way that they normally would be able to. Then we have the whole umbrella of pelvic floor dysfunction, and this is an imbalance that can cause the entire system to go into haywire. So pelvic floor dysfunction means that the muscles of your pelvic floor, the muscles that are working to stabilize the pelvis and maintain the contents of our inner organs, aren't doing their job. So they could be weak, they could be tight, they could be not firing at the right time. If you're a woman who's ever had children or has ever been pregnant, this is a risk factor for pelvic floor dysfunction. But I even see tons of women and men can experience in pelvic floor dysfunction as well. But I usually see tons of women who have symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction and don't even realize it. This week alone, I had three clients coming into the clinic with high hamstring pain, like right in their tailbone. It feels like a hamstring strain, kind of feels like a groin strain. And then in asking more questions, we discovered that they were having urinary incontinence. They were having leaking with jumping and running. They had separation in their abdominal muscles, a diastasis recti. And what we found from those questions and in more discussion was that because their pelvic floor isn't stabilizing and doing its job, other structures have to compensate and create the stability. The stability has to come from somewhere and your body is really good at working around where things aren't going right and using other muscles to create stability where we're lacking. So if you have pelvic floor dysfunction and those muscles aren't stabilizing and doing the job that they're intended to do, it is very common to experience lower back pain, SI joint pain, or that high hamstring pain. The list does not end here. Those are just some of the most common underlying causes for lower back pain that I see in the clinic and things that we can definitely treat and get so much better just by doing a few key things and really thinking about your positioning and doing a few of the 
warmups and exercises that we recommend for lower back health. So let's dive into our four key tips to maintain a really healthy lower back and start getting back on your feet. So tip number one is to improve your lifestyle factors. So there's two really important things that I want to talk about as far as lifestyle factor goes. And number one is posture because your lower back, I want to talk about something called lower crossed syndrome. So if you think about if you're sitting for a really long time in the same position, say staring at a computer screen, because a lot of us, that entails a a large portion of our job, whether you're working from home, you're running a business, a lot of what we have to do is seated at our computers or on our phones. And over time, if you're always in that seated position, this is going to tighten up muscles in your hip flexors, tighten up muscles in your lower back and create weakness in the opposite too. So it creates like an X, the things that are in the hip flexors and the lower back are tight. And then the opposite direction, your core and your glutes become weak over time. And this just comes from sitting in the same position over and over and over again, your body adapts to that and your muscle length actually changes over time because you've been in that seated position for so long. So my first takeaway to improve your lifestyle factors would be to get a better, better ergonomic setup. And I know that this is really challenging, especially if you're working on your business and you only have a few minutes and you're just going to grab a seat on the couch and type away on the couch. But if you can create a setup for yourself where your computer is actually above your eye level and your feet are resting on the floor. And this can make a huge difference. Even if you're someone who is only at your computer for 20 to 30 minutes at a time, then you're up and doing something else. Those periods of time add up. So the better you can set yourself up for success, the longer it's going to maintain you. And we want to think about the way that small periods of time add up, right? It might only be, oh, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. But over time, the amount of time we're spending on our computers really starts to add up. So the more that we can address this now and make those small changes will give you exponential change for the long term. Another tip is to invest in a standing desk or a walking pad for underneath your computer and change your position regularly. So I actually invested in a walking pad. I actually don't work from my computer at home a ton. I'm usually at Fix or I'm at Elisa's house. I'm kind of all over the place. But when I am at home, I know that I can get those steps in. I can raise my standing desk up to eye level. It's going to be so much better for my lower back. I can actually get some steps in, get some movement in so that if I'm grinding away on a big project and time doesn't just Time just tends to run away when working on those things. I can actually be moving my body and not staying in that stagnant position for too long. If you do not have a standing desk or you do not have a walking pad, just set a reminder on your phone for every 30 minutes to an hour, get up, go for a regular walk. Even if it's just doing laps around your house, if you live in New England and it's freezing right now, like it is right here right now, setting that reminder for yourself and just getting up and moving. The second piece of this lifestyle factors that I want to talk about that we can change is repetitive motion. So the things that we do day after day after day that we don't even realize can be contributing to our lower back pain. Things like lifting your children. If you're someone who works a job where you're lifting a lot of boxes, like if you work in products and you're constantly lifting boxes or placing labels, doing the same repetitive motion every day, driving, sleeping, all of these repetitive motions over time can lead to imbalances. So the biggest thing that you can do is take notice if you're always moving in the same way. So last year I took this course, it's called PRI. Um, It talks a lot about posture and I just want to give them credit because they do an excellent job of teaching us the ways that we adapt our bodies over time. And I learned a ton. So I'll definitely link that course in the show notes if you're a physical therapist and you're interested in learning more. 
but it talks about how most of us spend our time leaning towards the same direction, putting our weight on the same foot all the time. And I thought this was so interesting, but it's actually because the way that your lung lobes attach to your rib cage, there's more um, attachments on one side than the other. And we just tend to rotate towards that direction. So if you notice every time you're standing, if you tend to like put your weight on your right leg, like say you're standing at your kitchen sink, washing dishes. If you tend to notice you shift your weight to your right or picking up your children. If you're a new mom or dad, if you're always carrying your child on the same side, that over time can really contribute. And your body starts to adapt around that. Like your anatomy actually changes because of the positioning that we've been in for so long. Your spine starts to rotate. Muscles become shorter on one side. Muscles become weaker on one side. And our whole body starts to adapt because we need to do things in our environments standing straight away. But if our pelvis is constantly leaning to the right, everything else is going to rotate. And you can think about how over time that's going to dramatically change the way that your muscles are able to fire, the way that things are able to function around your lower back and create the stability to do the things that we need to do. I have a client coming in who said that her baby, she would always picked her up on the right side. She noticed right from day one. And once she started to have lower back pain, she started to try and adjust her to the other side. And her daughter was so adapted to being on the right side. She was so confused, like didn't know where things were, was like upset being held on the other side. It felt uncomfortable. So we really adapt to these things and it's important to start early to make those changes. So the biggest thing you can do is just think about standing with your weight on both feet all the time. So make contact with the ground with both feet. Even when you're doing things like getting in and out of bed, if you notice you always put your right foot down first, think about putting both down at the same time. Our body loves symmetry and the more that we can create that, the better we will be. So for things like driving that have to be slightly asymmetrical because you have one foot forward, you can do a lot of propping with pillows. So you can take a pillow or a rolled up sweatshirt. You can put it behind your lower back as you're driving, or you can even place it underneath your right leg to create more symmetry and bring that right leg up from being forward. So just use caution with this, especially if you're someone who has nerve pain or nerve symptoms down into the back of your leg, you don't want to create more compression there. And I would always recommend getting assessed by a physical therapist to make sure that your pelvis is rotated in that direction before you start using that treatment. But propping with pillows, especially behind your lower back can be really helpful. The same goes for sleeping. So I love to recommend using pillows to prop. If you're someone who sleeps on your back, a pillow beneath your knees can go a long way because our spine tends to be more neutral when our knees are slightly bent. If you're a side sleeper, you can place a pillow between your knees. I'm also a side sleeper and I love to hug a big pillow. And I feel like that has been a game changer for me because I used to always end up laying on my stomach no matter how I started. So putting that pillow there just creates a little barricade so that I can't roll all the way over and end up on my stomach. So tip number two is to start doing strength training and mobility work if you are not already. So strength training and mobility work can be a huge game changer for the lower back. Strength training, you want to emphasize doing this three to four times a week. You really want to focus on full body. So even if you're only getting there three times a week, doing one lower body day, one upper body day, and one core focus day could be beneficial or doing three full body days. But we don't realize how much we rely on our strength in our day-to-day environment. Things that we do every single day, like picking up groceries and carrying them down a flight of stairs, things like picking up a suitcase, carrying around your backpack, those things can add up to 20, 30, 40 pounds at a time. And we wanna train those muscles outside of our environment so that they're set up for success when we're doing these things. 
So find a place where you can do strength training. If you're brand new to strength training, I highly recommend checking out SweatFix. I've been an instructor there for, I just celebrated my five-year anniversary. We lift heavy. We do functional movements. We really emphasize picking up heavy weights because you're going to be doing those things outside the gym. One of my biggest pet peeves is when someone comes to me with lower back pain and they come in and they say, oh, my doctor told me not to lift anything over 20 pounds. And I'm like, okay, yes, I understand that. If it's creating symptoms, maybe we can modify the movement, but you're going to be picking up your child who's 30, 35 pounds. So we need to train for these things in the gym so that we're prepared for them when we meet them in our environment. And that's the whole point of going to doing and doing strength training is so that you're, you're stronger to do the things that you actually want to be able to do. When you are doing your strength training, making sure that you're doing a little bit of core stability can be really important. I'm not saying that you need to do thousands of hours of planks over the whole year, but working on your core, even just breathing and activating your deep abdominal muscles or starting with planks on your knees, those can be really beneficial. And if you're someone who's stuck and you don't know where to start with some of these things and exercises for your lower back, we have an entire YouTube channel built out for fixed and we have a playlist on there called lower back. You can go ahead and check that out. There's tons of great exercises, whether you currently have symptoms or you're someone who is just looking for prevention. So then the mobility side of things, we need strength, but we also need mobility. So I see this all the time where clients come in, they have lower back pain and we try and move their hips and their hips just do not move. And that again can come from sitting, from driving those repetitive positions that we're in all day. So if you're going to be doing mobility, I highly recommend checking out some hip mobility. We have great hip mobility resources on our Instagram for fixed at fixed studios, but some of my favorites are a half kneeling hip flexor stretch. So you put one knee down on the ground, the opposite comes out in front and you gently tuck your hips underneath you. And then doing a glute stretch, like a pigeon stretch. So putting one leg up on the edge of a table, having that knee come out towards the side and gently leaning forward until you feel that in the back of your hip. Those are two of my favorite stretches for the lower back. And I know we have those stretches on our lower back playlist if you're not sure how to do those. And then just remembering that the entire spine is connected. So don't neglect things like your upper back and neck. A ton of us have what's called tech neck from sitting on our phones all day long. And the spine is supposed to have this natural curve where it curves one direction at your neck, the opposite at your upper back, and then it goes back to that first direction for your lower back. So if you're someone who has lower back pain and you've had this chronic neck tightness, that could be contributing to your lower back pain. So don't neglect your upper back and neck. And again, go ahead and check out our fixed Instagram for tons of resources on how to move your thoracic spine, ways to move your neck. And if you're looking for a full mobility workout, definitely come check out the new sweat fix mobility workouts that we launched early in this year. So tip number three is to learn how to breathe. One of the most common causes of lower back pain I see is poor breath management or holding your breath when you lift. And this causes an imbalance in the way that we're going to activate our abdominals. So if you're constantly holding your breath when you're lifting things, you're probably holding your breath when you're picking up your child or picking up the groceries. So there's a technique called the Valsava maneuver. If you're someone who's experienced in lifting, you might see this happening with powerlifters who are trying to lift 400 pounds where they're actually holding their breath. And yes, for powerlifting and in certain scenarios, that might be okay, but that's not something that we want to use in our day-to-day life. And the entire system is a pressure system. So when your lungs inhale and they fill with air, it's going to put pressure downward onto your pelvic floor. And then as you exhale, 
opposite is going to happen. So things are going to recoil, your diaphragm is going to move up, and that's a good time for your pelvic floor to contract. So if there's an imbalance in the system and we are constantly holding our breath while we're moving, holding our breath while we're lifting, or have poor breath management, this can lead to pelvic floor dysfunction and eventually lower back pain. So it can cause leaking with jumping, running, sneezing, And although this is common, it is not normal. Even if you're someone who has never had children, never been pregnant, this can happen in tons of adults. So really being aware that if you are experiencing these symptoms, you want to address them now and you want to learn how to breathe because eventually the system is going to become so out of whack that you will eventually experience some of these imbalances and the symptoms of them. So the easiest way to think about this is that when you're moving, think breathe out as you do the work. So say you're doing a core exercise. You want to breathe out while the muscle is shortening. So if you're doing a crunch, you want to gradually exhale while you're doing that movement. If you're doing a dead bug, you want to exhale while your arm and your leg move. And if it's a prolonged movement like a plank or a side plank, you want to gradually breathe in and out the whole time and make sure that you're not holding your breath. The opposite side of this would be to learn how to breathe when you're not moving. So there's something called diaphragmatic breathing that can be really important in helping our central nervous system to calm down and helping our muscles to actually be able to relax. Because a lot of times with lower back pain, if we're always in this heightened state and your central nervous system is always jacked up because you're in pain, that can create a vicious cycle where we cannot get out of that pain cycle. And breathing is one of the ways that we can tap into our nervous system and start to reduce that pain response. So say you're doing something like stretching or just laying on your back doing like a windshield wiper or laying on a heating pad. If you do some diaphragmatic breaths, place your hand over your belly, inhale through your nose, count to four, and then exhale for a count of four and really feel your abdomen expand and relax. That can dramatically improve your central nervous system being in a heightened state and help your lower back muscles to actually become relaxed. And then tip number four, and my absolute favorite, is to get evaluated by a physical therapist or an athletic trainer. Because as you can see, as we've chatted about, there are so many different causes of lower back pain. And if we're addressing the wrong underlying issue, we potentially could be making the issue worse. So if you're someone who has pain going down back into your hamstring, and it feels like your hamstring is always tight, so you're always, always, always stretching your hamstrings, then we do our evaluation and we figure out that it's actually nerve tension happening back there or you actually have too much length in your hamstrings and not enough strength, we potentially could be making the issue worse. And then a lot of these underlying issues, pelvic floor dysfunction, disc involvement, um, you know, a herniated disc or a bulging disc. If you have any of these issues, it could be being caused by another area of your body. So with pelvic floor dysfunction, we want to get to the root cause and actually treat the pelvic floor in order to treat the lower back. If you have a bulging disc or a disc impairment, potentially you don't have enough ankle mobility and you've been squatting and the way that you're squatting is constantly putting pressure on the disc. And if we don't treat the ankle mobility, we just treat the lower back. Eventually we will miss the whole big picture and things will continue to recur. So having the eyes of a trained professional on you will pinpoint exactly what you need to be working on in your rehab. So I always recommend coming in for an evaluation and then participating in regular bodywork services. Regular bodywork has absolutely changed my life. I get dry needling at least once a month, if not more. I now do my own mobility work. I do assisted stretching, all the services that we provide here at Fix, and it has changed the health of my upper back and my lower back. 
by taking the time out of your day to actually participate in regular body work, you can dramatically change the way that your muscles are firing and prevent a lot of these things from happening in the future. So if you have lower back pain now, it's never too late to start doing some of these things and start getting treatment and getting help and getting you on the road to success. So to recap, four really important tips to start improving your lower back health today. One is to improve those lifestyle factors. So think about your ergonomic setup if you're at a computer. Stop standing on the same leg all the time and stop moving in the same way day after day. So make those little tweaks that you can because they will add up over time. Number two is start strength training and doing your mobility work. Highly recommend sweat fix for both of those things. Number three is to learn how to breathe. Stop holding your breath when you're moving. And then number four is get evaluated by a PT or an AT and start doing that regular body work to minimize the imbalances in your body. So I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. You guys know where to find us, businessmusclepodcast.com and at businessmusclepodcast. You can find us for fixed at fixstudios.com and at fixstudios on Instagram. And we will see you guys next week. You just finished another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews mean the world to us and help us reach other listeners who can make a big impact in the business world. Don't forget to join our Business Muscle Podcast Facebook group where you can ask questions and chat with other like-minded entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll bring you more expert advice and practical strategies to help you thrive. Thank you for being a part of the Business Muscle community and we'll catch you in the next episode.